Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is The Howl. The Howl would like to welcome you to the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other, featuring all teams and all topics on everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is also a proud member of CLNS Media Network and can be found on clnsmedia.com, as well as Podient, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. The Howl is also produced with thanks to our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on the howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones. Studio quality with easy accessibility since 1967. I am the triangle of the radio world, your host, Kevin Draves. To my right is Aaron Fastbreak Groshong, the producer of the show, and to my left is none other than Rob Princeton Hess. He is the jack of all trades for the program. The first half tonight is Rob's Mock Draft 6.0. And Aaron and I will take a look at some other mocks around the internet. And tonight it's the wise words of Kyrie Irving. No alarm clock needed. My passion wakes me up. Thank you for joining us here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. We have a true treat for you ahead of this week's NBA draft. We have Rob Hess in studio. He has for us the 6.0 mock draft, and I am going to be sitting here with him going over player by player, and I'm going to be comparing it to what was recently released here on ESPN, their grade A mock draft. We're going to go deep diving into some mocking. Rob, what do you got over there? All right. So the other thing we're going to do is this is kind of a combination mock draft and draft talkers. So with each team, we'll kind of queue up uh, some draft talkers that are out there as far as news and notes for that specific team. So we started off with an obvious pick, and that is DeAndre Ayton going number one to the Suns. Uh, obviously, the the center from Arizona, seven foot one. He's a freshman, nineteen years old. A couple things to keep in mind when it comes to the Suns. Are their coach obviously is someone that has coached the other uh, top pick, Luka Doncic, 
On top of that, there has been some speculation about the Suns possibly looking to take that one pick, turn it into Kawhi Leonard. Now, that has been shot down for the most part, but it's an interesting talker nonetheless. And come draft night, you never know what's actually going to happen. A lot of strange things do occur. Just look at the Wolves last year trading for Jimmy Butler. So when push comes to shove, we'll see what they end up doing. But at this stage, DeAndre Ayton is the pick. Uh, On top of that, the reason why he makes a lot of sense, he fits a need. They do need a center because Alex Len's out the door. But on top of that, uh, if you watched last week, uh, DeAndre Ayton actually has started kind of being friends with some of the Suns players, and they actually watched the finals together. Yeah, very inter- interesting stuff, Rob. Ayton is the consensus number one. Um, whether or not we see a surprise, you know, I always think back to the Anthony Bennett surprise that oh, we all had on draft night. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying it can happen. And I know Doncic had some Suns ties, yep. but... It seems as if Aiden has definitely taken that uh, lead horse in the stable, so to speak. So Aiden goes number one. ESPN's perfect mock is Aiden at one. So ESPN's mock draft special at number one has uh, DeAndre Aiden to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I think that's kind of the consensus at this stage. They could change it last minute. It's the NBA draft. You know, stuff, stuff does change. But at this point, it does make a lot of sense to go Aiden. Moving on to number two in my mock draft 6.0, I have the Kings selecting Luka Doncic, uh, the shooting guard out of Real Madrid, six foot seven. He is a very polarizing player. Uh, we'll probably talk about this a little bit, but uh, ESPN's Mike Schmitz, yesterday he had kind of a sarcastic tweet he sent out, and he said, the unfortunate part about Doncic is if he has an off game playing five on five, he can't necessarily compete against these these American players that are just going up against nobody in the gym or up against, like, a chair or a broomstick. And, and he kind of sarcastically said, oh, Doncic is going to fall further now because he had an off game. And it was funny because a lot of people jumped in, got upset about it, and he goes, guys, I was joking. So uh, I think it's funny, but ultimately I do think the Kings make the right decision because Doncic is not only the second – or he's not only the best player available at this stage, he might be the best player overall in the draft. That's very true, Rob. When you look at the Sacramento Kings draft history, it's one of sadness, broken dreams, crushed souls, and uh, did I say sadness? Yeah, sadness. That too, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Doncic seems like a no-brainer pick. I think he definitely fits the mold. You pair him up with Buddy Heald. Um, There's a lot of horses uh, in the pack over there in Sacramento. I think – I think the Kings can really win this draft here by landing a, a, a stud in Luka Doncic, which, by the way, is what ESPN's perfect mock draft has slated here for the Kings at number two. Guard-wise, too, it makes a lot of sense for the Kings. Think about that. They have Luka Doncic. They have Buddy Heel, De'Aaron Fox. That's a pretty solid core of just great young talent at the guard position. No doubt. Yeah, here on the, the ESPN mock draft special, they're in agreement as well with Luca. I think that's, uh, that's, that's pretty set in stone. The other names that have kind of come up in this process, uh, there was some speculation for a little bit that they would look at Michael Porter Jr. And, in fact, that was actually the case earlier today. A lot of rival GMs think they're still looking at Michael Porter Jr. I just think that there's too many red flags and Doncic is the surefire superstar in my mind. So that makes a lot of sense. The other name would be Marvin Bagley. But, again, I'm not a huge Marvin Bagley fan. I don't think you can take him at two when Doncic is available. Moving on to pick number three is where I think it starts to get a little iffy. 
But for my money, I'm going to go with uh, some steam I've been hearing recently, and that's the Hawks taking Trey Young. They really like him, and there's a chance that they maybe trade back because this is just this is the guy that they want. The issue with trading back is you only have so far to go. They're sitting here at three. You have at six the Orlando Magic that really want Trey Young. So it's not like you have a lot of room for error there. And I think in the end, they end up taking Trey Young here at pick number three because they want to get their guy. And if you want a guy specifically, that's what you do. You take that guy. A couple other names that have kind of jumped out in this process for me would be Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba's one of my favorite players in this draft, if not my favorite overall. I could see him making a lot of sense. But Jaron Jackson as well, he's been tied a lot to the Hawks. So just some other names to watch out for. Very interesting stuff, Rob. You know, Trey Young at three to the Hawks. You know, when they have Schroeder already in the, in the mix, um, there's been noise that they'd be looking to trade or, or exactly. move off of yes. him. And you wonder what kind of package they could roll with. The Atlanta Hawks have a ton of salary. They're willing to, they've made it known they're willing to take on mm-hmm. salary for a trade. Um, really in a powerful position on a rebuild. Definitely. I think the Hawks have yep. some key players. You know, John Collins looked phenomenal Absolute for them stud. last year. And, you know, if you pair Jaron Jackson with them, which, by the way, is who ESPN has in their perfect mock, that could be a, just a fantastic I would uh, love to watch pairing that. For, for a decade plus. Yeah, years right? to come. No question. No question. Yeah, here on uh, the ESPN mock, they have actually one of Rob's guys, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yep, and that makes a lot of sense. I, I won't be surprised if that's the pick. But again, it's just in my instance, I, I, I decided to go with Trey Young just because it really sounds like that's the, the one guy they really like. And whether they get him here or moving down, I think that could be the player they end up with on draft night. To pick number four, uh, another spot that could get interesting. And I, in this instance, I have them taking the Grizzlies, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, out of Missouri. The, the interesting part here is obviously the rumor that's out there that the Grizzlies are looking to trade the four pick along with Chandler Parsons to a team. Now, we're going to touch on that a lot more in our third quarter, our 2K All Day segment, where we did some simulations based solely around that trade. But I think this is going to be a pick where the Grizzlies need to make a big splash. And what better way to do that than the number one player coming out of high school, which was Michael Porter Jr. And so far, they've said that the medicals have cleared that his back's okay now they talked about how he has a a current hip issue but I still think if you're the Grizzlies and you really want to make a big splash this is the way you do it and that's with uh, Michael Porter Jr. who probably has one of the higher ceilings available wow I'm I'm kind of taking him back with that one Rob Uh, I get it from that perspective but I think for me that seems a bit risky at four. I mean, it's the fourth overall pick. Got to take a risk. And, and let's not forget, the Memphis Grizzlies started the season off, I think, 5-1 and one at one point, and then they just went on an unbelievable skitter to end the season. Well, injuries killed them. Yes. Mike Conley being out for as long as he was. Correct. NBA mock draft, the perfect picks. This is on ESPN's website. Mo Bamba is the selection at four. I think this is a perfect pick for them. It'd be hard to pass him up. Uh, especially when you have, on the other hand, a player with high upside, and I would argue just as high of upside in Mobamba. One has injury issues and concerns, and had had a you know major surgery on a back, and the other hasn't. It is for all intents and purposes healthy. So Mobamba at four, I would agree with that choice for the Grizzlies at four. Kevin, what do you got over there? Uh, so here it's uh, Marvin Bagley with the Memphis Grizzlies. 
Wow. A lot of people think he's the guy. Like, he's one of those players that has that high ceiling. I'm just not a big Bagley fan. Looked fantastic. Just not my guy. All right, let's see what Dallas Mavericks have in store at five, Rob. At five, the Dallas Mavericks go with the guy they were hoping they would get when they traded for Nerlens Noel, and that's Mo Bamba. I think when all is said and done, Mo Bamba is going to end up being the best player from the missed draft, uh, not named Luka Doncic at least. Or Jaron Jackson. No, no, no. Bamba's going to be better. Bamba will be better. And, and we'll really touch on that again like we talked about in the third quarter. But Bamba, what's cool about him is he's got the longest recorded wingspan in combine history. He comes in with a pretty good-looking jump shot. If you haven't seen it yet, they have videos out there of him preparing for the draft and preparing for that process. And how effortlessly he shoots three-point shots is ridiculous for a guy of that size. I mean, he's a seven-footer, crazy wingspan, and he's able to just with ease shoot threes and make them pretty consistently. And that was a part of his game he didn't really see in college, and now he's bringing that to the program. I really appreciate guys that come in with – a goal and they're already able to start attaining it. Rob, I got to say this. Mo Bamba's reach was how many feet? It, it was, was just under eight feet. Unbelievable. Just if you're listening to this, if you're, whether you're driving in the car, listening to the dash radio app, or maybe you're listening to it on your one devices at home, just when you get done driving in the car, take a minute and just look at what eight feet is. Imagine that's that guy's reach. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, Dallas Mavericks now on the clock at five, like Rob says, uh, on the ESPN perfect mock draft, they have the selection being Marvin Bagley, the third from Duke who, you know, he's fitting that, you know, power forward center role for the Mavs. They're going to need that really. When you look at the Mavericks roster, it's hard to pinpoint anybody that's worthwhile keeping outside of Dennis Smith jr. From last year. So, Really, for me, it's it's about fit with him. If that's who your cornerstone is going forward, who's the best player that can play alongside of him? It could be a complimentary player. Sure. Marvin Bagley III, I think, could very much do that. Yeah, here uh, on the ESPN, they're, they're in agreement. Mo Bamba's the guy for the Dallas Mavericks. I like it. That's so Rob, kind of who I've had pegged for a while. Rob's Mock 6.0 uh, is in agreement with the ESPN. Yep. Again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is our first half mock draft coverage here a few days before the actual NBA draft. Moving on to number six, we have the Orlando Magic. Now, their GM had come out and said that at six, their plan is not to go with fit. They're to grab the best player available. And in this scenario, best player available would be Marvin Bagley Jr. Now, in talking with uh, another show on our network, Late Night Magic, they did talk about how Marvin Bagley does not fit, and they wondered if considering who's already on the roster, guys like Aaron Gordon, if maybe if this is the way it works out, maybe they contact some of the teams behind them. And there's a lot of teams that have been trying to move up, whether it's the Clippers, whether it's the Nuggets, teams that want to move up, contact them and say, look, Marvin Bagley's here. We don't necessarily need him. You want to jump up here? Is there something we can work out? So I do wonder if maybe what the late night Magic crew is thinking makes sense that maybe the Magic do look to move back. Obviously, point guard is what they need above all else. And so if you could maybe move back a little bit, maybe grab a, a Colin Sexton or a Shy Gilgis Alexander, maybe something like that would make a lot of sense, or like a Lonnie Walker, uh, you know, a player that maybe fits a little better. But if they do stay at six, based on their GM's comments anyways, Marvin Bagley would be the best player available here, and I, I'm going to have them go that, that route. Okay, the Orlando Magic in ESPN's perfect mock draft is selecting Michael Porter Jr. It 
what is there to be said that hasn't been already? Correct. The fantastic player, you know, college season was cut a bit short from a back injury, ultimately surgery from that. There has been some speculation on his health. Uh, recent uh, hip injury has been stated. And their magic, it's boomer bust right there, right? And you're saying yep. best player available. And Rob's mock 6.0, he already has Michael Porter off the board. Yep, correct. So best player available in magic eyes, Michael Porter Jr. there at six. Yeah, here they've got – so Woj makes a comment that it's razor thin in the Orlando draft room right now between Trey Young and Colin Sexton. Uh, Woj thinks that Colin Sexton wins out in a close one. So uh, ESPN has the magic taking Colin Sexton. Makes a lot of sense as a guy they like. I, The thing you run into as well is if you don't take him here, it's very similar to what we talked about with the Kings or with some of these other teams that are up top. You can't really afford to – move back and hope your guy's going to be there still. You know, the Hawks at three in my mock take Trey Young because they feel like the Magic are going to take him, so you can't really move back. I think the same can be said with the Orlando Magic here. If they really want a point guard and if Colin Sexton's their guy, you can't really afford to move back much because there's teams behind you, such as, you know, the Knicks, there's the Cavaliers that are looking at Sexton as a viable option. So I think I think it makes a lot of sense. If that's their guy, they just take him. Uh, moving on to number seven. We have the Bulls. I've kind of had them all over the place. I do think big men makes a lot of sense. Getting someone that's maybe a little more defensive-oriented, you already have Lowry marketing with the Bulls who can stretch the floor a bit. If you could bring someone of an inside presence, and in this instance, I do have them taking Jaron Jackson Jr., the power forward from Michigan State. Very good player. I think he's got a really high ceiling and a pretty high floor as well, just given how good he is on the defensive end. The other player that I have mocked here in the past, another name I've seen linked to them, would be Wendell Carter Jr. Or another player that people do like here would be Michael Porter Jr. If he was available in my mock, he would make a lot of sense. The nice thing about where the Bulls are picking is they have a lot of options. And given that they're a young rebuilding team, they don't need to set their sights on one specific player. So they have options, and I think they'll make the right pick here, whether it's Jaron Jackson, Wendell Carter, someone like that. So Jaron Jackson's my pick, though, in in Mock Draft 6.0. Rob, if Jaron Jackson is available at seven, I think the Bulls make that choice. Makes a lot of sense. Immediately. Unless they're fielding a ton of phone calls, which I can also see. Yeah. Because that would be, in my eyes, considered a, a fall, or our first faller really in the draft. Well, I would say so a little bit, yeah. Because Jaron Jackson Jr., for our, when you look at the tape and look at the body of work that he produced at Michigan State – he has all the modern NBA tools in the toolbox right now. Size-wise is there, obviously coached by a fantastic coach in Tom Izzo. Yep. So you know he had a, a, a great upbringing in the NCAA game. How he transitioned to the NBA, I expect it to be seamless. You just he, don't want him to be another Adrian Payne. You uh, don't want him to be that oh, big man that. That, you, that you expect to maybe stretch the floor a little bit, play some defense. You And I don't think he will be, but I was – I was big on Adrian Payne at the time. I, I just always have that little voice in the back of my head saying, don't be, don't be him. Well, I, I think Adrian Payne, not to get off too much on the side topic, his biggest thing was his uh, basketball acumen. You know, he would get the ball. Obviously, we had close eyes on him you know, covering the Timberwolves for the howl. He'd get the ball and run around with a chicken with his head And he wasn't off. coachable. It was out of control. It, it, was, it was very difficult. All right. I digress. Chicago Bulls at 7 in this mock draft scenario, this is the NBA perfect mock draft on ESPN's website right now. Um, 
Wendell Carter Jr. is the choice. Makes sense. This would be a great pairing with Bobby Portis, Laurie Markkinen, um, really a three-headed monster there that's interchangeable, all types of pieces. I mean, I think that's a, a very diverse group of three players Agreed. for the Bulls. Uh, yeah, here at seven, it's Wendell Carter Jr. on the ESPN uh, mock draft special. Uh, you know, it's pretty straightforward, good fit for him. Yep, very solid player, fits what they're trying to build. Makes a lot of sense. Moving on to number eight, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously, this pick is a little goofy just because you don't know whether you're going to have LeBron. I think signs point to no. So you want to get a guy that, whether LeBron's there or not, uh, this is a player that you can build with. And in this instance, I do have them taking Colin Sexton, uh, the point guard out of Alabama, six foot two. There is some talk. I heard some rumblings that LeBron James likes Colin Sexton. So if LeBron James was to stay, it makes a lot of sense to have a guy that he likes on the team. So I think this is just kind of more fodder to help push James to stay in Cleveland. But if, if James leaves, this is a great building block for the future. Another player, if he was to drop, that would make a lot of sense here would be Michael Porter Jr. But again, in my mock, I do have him going already. So Colin Sexton would be the pick here. Okay, sticking with the point guard theme for the Cavaliers, the perfect mock draft on ESPN's website is Shy Gilgis Alexander. For my money, Rob, I would stay away from him. I would rather... It's a reach, uh, too, I think. I would rather look at Colin Sexton, uh, Trey Young. Because Colin Sexton's available in yours. Trey Young is as well. So, I, it just to me, it doesn't make sense. I don't think he's even the best point guard in the draft. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, I've, I've mocked a couple times with Rob here in the past, and when I break down position players, it, I actually had Alexander as the fourth point guard mm-hmm. in my point guard class. So I think it's a bit shocking for me to see him at eight. Who knows? Maybe the Cavs know something I don't know or have seen something. But Never, yeah, I think sure. I think Rob, you hit the nail on the head. If King James stays, it's going to be a player that LeBron wants. Yep. And that's, that's the bottom what you line. get with Colin Sexton. He fits in both scenarios, which exactly. I like. The big thing here too is we can come to expect a little bit of Odds and ends, if you will, from Cleveland, i.e. Anthony Bennett, the number one overall pick. I mean, that's also true. You know, if they're going to lose LeBron, they're maybe, you know, if, if they have that in their minds that they're going to lose LeBron, maybe they go in their own direction. And, uh, you know, the, the ESPN uh, uh, mock draft special here at eight has the Cleveland Cavaliers taking Michael Porter Jr., like I said, he makes a lot of sense if he's there. Boy, that would be a huge win, I think, for the Cavs if they could get him, especially with healthy. Monster win. The key is going to be those other teams up top passing on him. And I just don't know when push comes to shove if they're willing to do that. Part of what you get with Michael Porter Jr. is you get fans in the seats. People are going to come to watch him play, just given how talented he is. I honestly think of all the players in the top 10, I could see Porter Jr. being the guy to drop simply based on injury concerns. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, he's, he's passed back. You know, they've, they've checked his medicals on his back, for example, and they say he's passed. But the fact that he had to almost cancel a workout for a different injury – is he one of those guys that's just injury prone? Yeah. That's a concern for me. No, it, I mean, it really is. Now, granted, it has to be. Once you start getting into like eight, nine, ten, I think it's worth it at that point because he's so much more talented than a lot of the other players that are going to go after him. No doubt. That it makes a lot of sense. Moving on to number nine, we have the Knicks. The Knicks are a team that have really looked at going different directions in, in, in what I've seen. Uh, I do have them taking Wendell Carter Jr., but I know another name they've started to really be fascinated with is uh, Kevin Knox. But, again, I'm going to go with Wendell Carter. 
It sounds like their front office is very much enamored with what he brings to the table. And I think he would be a really nice fit next to Christoph Porzingis there in New York. Love Wendell Carter's footwork. If you have not watched him in videos, watch his highlight videos, watch what he's working out. His footwork is phenomenal. And as we've seen in the past with players that have really good footwork, uh, you know, minus Julio Okafor, but guys like Big Al Jefferson, guys that just can dominate in the post, uh, that's a skill that really can help out. Now, granted, Wendell Carter is going to bring more to the table than that, but if that's kind of something you have in your bag of tricks is good footwork, I just think that can kind of take you to that next level a little quicker. You know, it's funny that you you mentioned Julio Okafor because when you do look at Carter's game, you see some of the similarities other than, you know, Jalil Okafor's main move was crab dribble, crab dribble, pivot. He was post only. Yeah. can't shoot. Where Carter Jr. is is so much more athletic. He's kind of, you know, he's very similar to kind of a Justin Patton, more of that modern big. Yes. So I agree with you, Rob. The pairing with Perzingis would be fascinating. Now, let me tell you something that is interesting uh, on another wave here. The perfect mock here on ESPN that I'm going off of, has the New York Knicks selecting Trey Young. Now, I've seen a handful of rumors linking them. um, Our own New York Knicks, um, the Nick of Time show, all over the Trey Young situation. Check out their show here on Dash Radio. It's nothing but net channel. But let me tell you this. Trey Young goes there. Well, who did the Knicks draft last year? Oh, by the way, another first-round top lottery pick point guard. And young, so, too. Let's not pretend like the guy's old. He's like 19 or 20. And budding. So unless you're thinking like Trey Young somehow playing a, a weird two-guard role, combo guard role, I don't really get that. I would lean towards a Macal Bridges. If that's I was another the name that's, yeah, that's and been that has been a name that's been surfaced a handful of times with the Knicks, and especially because the Sixers pick after him. They could really stick it to the Sixers. Sixers, Sixers want Mikael Bridges so bad. Yeah. So <laughs> there's that. You never know. So the ESPN NBA draft special has the Knicks taking six foot nine, two hundred and sixteen pound, eighteen year old Kevin Knox. That's the guy I was talking about that they've been, he has been recently. He's been shooting up boards and, and that seems to be the place where he's falling. He's young, he's 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 got a lot of things to like about his game. I mean, really talented, uh, what he's able to bring to the table. And I think he fits that young player that you're looking for if you're the Knicks. So, again, if they don't go Wendell Carter Jr., I think that's the guy they go with would be Kevin Knox. Best player in Kentucky as far as I was concerned. He was such a solid player. So, no, it makes a lot of sense to go with someone like that. All right, let's hear that 10th pick there, Rob. Moving on to 10, the guy we just mentioned, the Sixers are foaming at the mouth to run to the podium if it works out this way. Mikael Bridges uh, goes to the 76ers here at pick number 10. You know, some people think he's the the, the best player or maybe the highest floor as far as wings are concerned in this draft. Brings a lot to the table. Obviously, was very dominant for Villanova, especially in the tournament. You really were able to see him shine on that big stage. And what better way to showcase your talent on a big stage like the NBA? Rob, I couldn't agree more. Mikael Bridges, I think, for the Sixers, is a perfect fit. Rounding out the top 10, I think he caps off a loaded first you know 10 picks in the draft very interesting storyline on if if the Sixers pick up Bridges here Mikal Bridges excuse me this could be huge for them rolling into you know they just had a, a solid playoff run I think he'd be a key piece right away in and he's ready I mean you want to talk about the highest floor 
Bridges is ready to go right now. Although I think either Bridges would fit really well with the Sixers, what they're building there. Very Whether true. Whether it's Mikhail or Miles. I think th- they can do no wrong when it comes to going with a bridge. What do you say, Kevin? Yeah, Woj says that there's a lot of mutual interest between Bridges and the Sixers. Uh, if he's there, there's a really good chance that they'll select him. Stays East Coast. Yep. I think it makes a lot of sense for him. It's a good fit. And it's an up-and-coming team. If you're a young player, that's exactly where you want to be. No doubt. You can grow with the rest of those players. Moving on to pick number 11, we have the Hornets. Based on what's happened so far in this draft, the Hornets select Miles Bridges. I know this is a fan favorite pick, and it does sound like this is a player that they would like to have. Now, a lot of their draft night is going to depend on what they end up doing. Uh, Rumors have been coming out now that, again, they're going to look to try to trade Kemba Walker. They don't feel like paying him that Supermax contract coming up, so their plan is to look to try to move him for a first-round pick. So... What, what say you? Should we maybe uh, do we give him a call and say we'll give you a first round pick? Uh, you want Jeff Teague too? Jeff the Teague? Hornets? Yeah, Jeff Teague in twenty for Kemba Walker. I know that's not happening, but I'm just saying we can dream. We can dream. Well, that's the thing, right? And in this mock draft scenario that I'm working with, Rob, Colin Sexton is the choice. And assuming Makes that that sense. is the pick at eleven, you have to believe they're trying to move on from Kemba. Hundred percent. Because you yep. wouldn't have both of these guys. It's you wonder just, if there's a team higher up that would be willing to take Kemba Walker like and the 11 to jump up. You wonder if there's something they could do with that. Or if, let's say, you could trade Kemba Walker, let's say you, you contact the Clippers and said, hey, like you guys are sort of rebuilding, but you've got some nice pieces. What about we trade you Kemba Walker for one of your 12 or 13? They take 11 and 12. They package them together to move up in the draft. I think the Hornets are really going to be active draft night because they are so cash poor. They have Very major much. contracts. Yes. And they didn't even make the playoffs. They've so made have, some weird, weird, weird mistakes. They've made say. some bad financial decisions. That's it's handicapped them because they really don't have enough money to get better. They just got to roll with what they have, and what they have didn't even get them to an A seed in an Eastern Conference. Just think about how good this team could be if they had taken the pick. So they they were offered a monster trade when uh, Justice Winslow was available, and then they said, "No, no, no, we don't need to do any of that stuff. We're just going to take Frank Kaminsky." no, don't do that. Don't do that. So I, I just hope they don't screw this up because we can speak from a fan base that's been cursed for a long time, and the Hornets have been stuck in mediocrity for as long as I can remember. Yeah, their entire franchise. Yep. What's wild is for the bad decisions they make in drafting, it does give me some ounce of glimmer hope that maybe they do pull a trigger on a Kemba trade with us. I would love to see it. You guys know, both of you guys know, Kemba's been one of my favorite guys for a while. I love him. And I Kemba. know he would fit good with this current roster. Oh, he'd be great. It would be it would be everything we've ever wanted. You know, he was one of the only players when we all the Rubio chatter was going around yeah. that I would even was even considering that I would be like, okay. But you'd have to move Wiggins if you were to get Kemba. Because you're not gonna be able to pay him all. Could you imagine that? You'd move it move off of Wiggins and Teague in the same night? I just think Landing there's a lot Kemba of there's flexibility. a lot of stuff that's out there. I think was it Zach Lowe that talked about how he thought the Wolves were going to make some sort of a big splash this offseason? Mm-hmm. Maybe draft night. I just think there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not putting anything past anybody, especially when you're talking about Timberwolves or the Hornets. I think both teams could be active draft night. Agreed. Nonetheless, Colin Sexton, the choice at 11. Kevin, what do you got over there in the draft special? Uh, draft special at 11 has the Hornets taking Shy Gilgis Alexander, which again. If you're going to go with point guard and that's, you know, who's available. I do like Shai Gilgis-Alexander, but I'm just not as high as him as I am on the Trey Youngs, the Colin Sexton's of the world. 
But he makes a lot of sense, especially if you're going to move on from Kemba Walker. Yes. So I like that pick. Moving on to number 12, that's actually where I have him going. Uh, the Clippers pick at 12 and 13, and at 12, I have them taking Shai Gilgis-Alexander. I think he especially makes a lot of sense because now you're hearing that uh, Milos Teodosic is probably not going to be there long term. It sounds like he's leaving. He's going to go somewhere else, maybe the Wolves. You never know. So with him departing, they definitely need another piece. Obviously, they have Patrick Beverly, but he's been hurt, and he's probably not the long-term answer, even though he's you know probably sitting in his prime at the moment. For a team that's ultimately going to be rebuilding, I think this makes a lot of sense to grab. You know, He's only 19, and he's a nice combo guard out of Kentucky, so a solid player. Do you want to do both Clippers picks right now, back-to-back? Sure. Back? Yeah, so at 13, I, I've had this player here since the beginning, and, and 12's been pretty much the same. It's always been a point guard. So at 13, I do have Robert Williams, uh, the power forward center out of Texas A&M. A lot of people are starting to buzz about him. They really, really like what he brings to the table. Really high ceiling player. And for a team that's likely going to lose DeAndre Jordan sooner than later, getting a guy that can replace him. Now, again, you're not exactly talking he's going to be DeAndre Jordan, but just in terms of the position fit, a guy that could eventually replace him as the center of the future. You know, very. there's a couple things I want to dive into there with you, Rob. Um, the first choice you're saying how, you know, maybe Teodosis is moving on, uh, Clippers looking point guard. You also have, you know, like you said, Pat Beverly, where, you know, is Beverly really trying to give that type of defensive, like all NBA type of defensive effort on a team that's rebuilding? You got to imagine he wants to play for a contender. I would think in, so. In that the whole, you know, the Clippers had a paradigm shift. When they brought Pat Bev in, you know, it felt like they were still trying to hold on to something. And, and now we know it's a complete rebuild, really, just a slow rebuild. And Teodosic, you know, shame on him for spurning the Wolves, really, because he had a fantastic opportunity to come to the Timberwolves, and he was lured by L.A. and a promise of being a starter. More money and, and the minutes. And it just— And he got none of it. I mean, he got money, none but he got none of the minutes. Yep. I mean, he really—think about—you wonder how much he would have played here. Well, I, I, now I that just, we now that we see how that worked out, probably you know, not much, probably not no. much. So I, I guess in that regard, although maybe it's karma, you know, he got hurt right away. Yeah. Well, here let me jump into these two picks here for the Clippers at twelve and thirteen. I tell you what, if the Clippers walk away with what ESPN has teed up here in their perfect mock draft, that's what they're calling it, by the way. Um, A little less than perfect in my eye, yeah. but that's fine. Lonnie Walker the fourth, the Miami stud, probably a top defender in the draft. Very good player. Athletic. I think he can develop into a fantastic player. Robert Williams at 13 falls in line with Rob's mock draft 6.0. And if the Clippers are walking away with those two guys on a, on a rebuild. So solid. Holy cow. You yeah. can't. You could do a lot worse than that. I can promise you that. 100%. We have. The Wolves have. <laughs> <laughs> Hornets. So for the draft night special, 12 and 13, I'm uh, – I'm a fan of these two picks. Uh, at 12, the Clippers taking Trey Young. And at 13, the Clippers taking Lonnie Walker. Wow, that would be a slam dunk for them. So, That's a basketball so, so pun guard intended, Woj, Woj says here, with the two late lottery picks, the Clippers may dictate a lot of the trade movement in this year's draft. He mentions trading down to pick up future draft assets, but also notes that the Clippers have a strong interest in trying to move up. So look at them maybe packaging both of these picks along with maybe even a player to try to uh, to move up. 
uh, at least into the top 10, if not into the top five in this draft. I saw, just to go off of a talker for this, I saw there was a rumor about how they were going to offer either pick 12 or 13 and Tobias Harris to the Spurs for Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. Leonard yeah. And one guy's point was, you can't offer less than you got for Blake Griffin <laughs> for Kawhi Leonard. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, come on, no one's, no one's taking that deal. That's, no a, crap, that's a crappy works. deal. And like 12 or 13, no, that's it'd be 12 and 13. Tobias works. Harris and then some. Yeah, I mean Kawhi Leonard's one of the top five players in the league, you know. And if he wants to be in LA, but uh, to spurn off that, actually, I don't know if you guys saw the report today, but it is now being reported that 100% under no circumstances will the Spurs trade Kawhi to a Western Conference team. Damn! Wow. So Celtics, here he comes. I could see it. What about? Okay, this is not super, many teams have anything. This is, this is super off topic, but I, I want a, a team under the radar that nobody's been talking about in the East. That could make a serious push and that I think would work well if you are willing to give up what you would need to. The Sixers. What are they going to give up? Well, they got a high first round pick. They got a here. high first round pick. Maybe they got Robert Covington? Covington, Dario Saric, they TLC. Use, they could trade Fultz even. Which they there's talk that they, they would look to maybe do that. I just I think it would be a really interesting uh See, you know, a ploy. I mean, look at the, the, the Sixers are in entice LeBron mode right now. Yep. You, you, you go to LeBron here at the beginning of free agency and you go, Hey, if we pull this off, we not, we not only have Joel Embiid, yep. we not only have Ben Simmons, but Hey, we got Kawhi Leonard too. And that's, can we agree if that happened? That's the that's the favorite that's the team to win it all. Because and, then, and I don't even think the Warriors stand a chance. Because then it doesn't even matter. You throw TJ McConnell out at point guard, starters minutes every night. Yeah. You run you you draft in the second It'd round of point guard. It would be over. Yeah. Done. And yeah. the, the Sixers would be top of the world. Yep. Top of the world. But that's like so that'd be like me driving like an E class Mercedes, right? Or even better than that. And then you come up to me and say, like, okay, I'm gonna give you five Ford Tauruses. You know, you're 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 giving the Spurs but you have mid-level players at But you best have to remember they have no they have no for, leg to stand on. They yeah, have, there's that's the thing. So if if Kawhi wouldn't have come out and and said that he wants to be traded or tank their entire season. And, Although and to be all, fair, Kawhi <laughs> to be fair, Kawhi never comes out and says anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's part of the issue. But I mean if these if these reports didn't surface, Correct. the 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 Spurs would have a lot better ground to stand on and could be could be asking for the freaking world for a top I mean let, let's be serious a top 3 defender in the, the problem, NBA right now. The problem you run into with a guy like Kawhi, he's so good. The second you try to trade him, someone goes, "What's wrong?" You know what I'm saying? It's there's always there's got to be baggage there because you're not going to trade a guy like Kawhi unless you have to. So, unfortunately, no matter what, I think the fact that you're going to trade Kawhi, even if even if that hadn't come out, all teams are going to say, "Well, wait a minute, why? Like, what's the, what's wrong with them? Like, well, is, I mean, he hurt? There's, is he hurt? Is he a cancer? Go, there's ways you can get around it. You can come out and say, "Well, no player is untouchable on the roster," or you can let teams make their make their calls like they normally do on draft night, and and you know just entertain the offers. You don't necessarily need to go, "Hey." We're looking at trading Kawhi. Not going to tell you why, but we're looking at trading him. Well, yeah, but if you okay, if you say it like that, then you're definitely <laughs> well, yeah, like, they're going to call BS. Someone's going to offer day. you some pork but, and beans. But if like, like, but if like freaking <laughs> Chicago comes calling and says, "Hey, Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and and our first this year and our first next year for Kawhi," you could go, "Okay, 
no thank you, but it's not because of it, it being Kawhi. It's because you'd of have you're to offering come, us I feel trash. like you'd have to come out and say, look, we're just want, we want to go in a different direction. We're getting kind of – we're aging. Kawhi is built to win now, and we're not. Yes. Yeah. Guys, this is the bottom line, is by it being known that Kawhi is available – Anybody and everybody is going to make an offer. So the simple play for the Spurs is just to when, when somebody calls, it, you're just going to say, "We already have better offers on the table," and it, it's just until that, you get the one you like. Exactly. So yeah. that that in and of itself will I drive up the price to ultimately what would be best trade available for them. And I must admit, the Wolves, if they did package a first in Wiggins and some other assets, I think that's one of the best packages you already got a guy under a long-term contract granted he's making a lot of money but so is Kawhi. It's 23 too yeah young upside i think you can make the case that he's coachable and and if pop feels he could coach him yep. I, you can't there's really not a lot of better players out there that i think you could say is available outside of andrew wiggins the the, the only thing that troubles me is what rob just said here on that there's no trading to a western conference team so that instantly takes us out of the mix. It if does. true, it does. Well, that, and that, but at the same time, though, if you're the Spurs, that takes away a lot of like potentially good returns that you could get as well. What? So if you're looking at a lot of these East teams, there's like maybe a top three, top four that you can get a decent return for, and then there's a pretty there's a pretty sizable drop off after that. If you're not if you want more than just picks, you want talent in return that's known talent. If, if the Spurs would be willing to do something in the West and maybe look at a bottom half team, you could still, at that point, maybe even get more talent across the board spread out in the deal than you would looking at more than four teams in the East. What hurts them, though, so the Spurs are kidding themselves, first of all, if they think that once they lose Kawhi, they're going to be able to compete against any Western Conference team. Yes. That's the bottom line for that. But also... The reports are that he just wants to be in L.A. He wants to be in California. So what you're telling teams is, look, you can trade for me, but I'm probably just going to leave. I'm not going to sign long term. And so a lot of these teams are going to say, well, I'm not going to offer you much because it might just be a rental. And so that's part of the problem, too. Whereas if you're a team like the Lakers, you have that, you know, you're told like, oh, I'd resign here, which brings us to a report that came out recently. The Spurs have said no thank you to Lonzo Ball. Which uh, brings up, uh, yep. obviously, a can of worms because if you're the Lakers, how are you getting him? Because I think you, there's a good argument that he's their best player. You know, whether you like Lonzo Ball or not, I mean, Kuzma? as far as Kuzma's good, I think. But I don't know that he affects the team. I think he's a little overrated. So I, I, I heard the rumor the other day of Kuzma, Ingram, and their first. No way. Oh, never. That's a lot. That's a lot to give up. What? For the Lakers? Just because the problem you run into is that then now you're sitting at the, with your team and you basically it's what it's Julius Randle, it's Kawhi, and it's Lonzo Ball. That's not winning anything. Well, the unless other, you no, have assurances but, but, of a Paul George or a LeBron James. Well, that's the thing. Then, and they're yes. they're going to attack that in summer. And I think the I think the other thing too is the Lakers would be able to get rid of Luol Deng's contract to make the money work, and that was the big thing behind it is whatever they do, they're looking to get rid of his contract to make the money work for the summer to get Somebody, Kawhi. There was a rumor recently, maybe today or yesterday, I think it was the Suns, was looking at potentially trying to get Lou Deng's contract because they, they wanted whatever piece would come with it. So I think that's a storyline to watch. I just wonder if you see the Lakers moving on from if, if what you guys were saying, Kuzma, Ingram, you know, those guys are on rather cheap contracts. Ingram's ready yep. for a very re-up true. here very soon. 
where from the Lakers you lose that cap flexibility right away. Granted, you get Kawhi Leonard. I don't see that happening. I really don't. But a fascinating topic. Wow, we were just covering the Clippers. Yep. Next thing you know, we're on Kawhi Talk. Let's do a quick reset. Thank you all for listening on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Up next, 14th pick, Rob. So the Nuggets, obviously a team in our conference, a team in our division. I have them taking a small forward out of Kentucky, Kevin Knox, who I think is the best player available at this stage. I think he makes a lot of sense. You know, they lost Gallinari recently. You have a player that doesn't necessarily hit the same buttons as what you already have. So it's not a guard. You know, it's not a big man. It's a guy that fits in the middle, and I think he would mesh well with what they're already building and what they already have. Kevin Knox is the player that the perfect mock here on ESPN has selected. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me, that would be a, a solid choice for them at 14. You could do a lot worse. Right. Um, Kevin Knox has been climbing up draft boards. A very solid player. I mean, huge size, really. Um, I think he's incredibly athletic for what, you know, 6'9", and he's about 250, Rob? Is that it? Kevin Knox, he's 6'9", uh, 206. 206. Oh, whoa. I forgot to carry the one, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, I digress. Kevin Knox, solid pick at 14. Kevin, what do you got over there in the corner? So here, uh, it's Miles Bridges. Uh, Denver, though, would love to move up into the top five. They've got a, their eyes on a couple of players. Woj says that's one to look out for. Is the Denver Nuggets potentially uh, swinging a trade to get into the top five or six here? If I wasn't a Wolves fan, I would love to see Mo Bamba pair with Nikolai Jokic. That'd be sweet. But I'm a Wolves oh fan, God. so forget that. I don't scary. want that at all. Yeah, that'd be really scary. Nobody should be trading with the Nuggets. <laughs> we don't need that. Well, they got Wilson Chandler. I think they can move away from him. He had a great season last season. Yeah. Uh, I think he'd be valuable on a, a veteran you know, win-now type of team. They also have Fareed, and that's been a rumor out there that they would look to maybe use that 14th pick to move on from Fareed. I think it's a, it's a stupid move anytime you're going to attach a first-round pick to a player. And yeah. we'll talk on that, you know, when we get to the Wolves. And we've done the Wolves have done that. You know, think about Wes Johnson. Think about Marco Yarich. Or no, sorry, Sam Cassell for Marco Yarich. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on, and it never works. Never, never works. Does. Moving on to pick number 15, the Wizards select best player available. And I think a player that fits as that kind of third guard in their rotation behind John Wall and Bradley Beal, and that's Lonnie Walker, uh, the six foot four shooting guard out of Miami. I'm a big fan of what he brings to the table. I've seen some people say he could go as early as like the Sixers at 10 or maybe even sooner, depending on who's picking. But uh, here at 15, the fact that he's available, the Wizards are very pleased, and they take Lonnie Walker. Well, as you know, we've had the Washington Wizards affiliate here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Channel join us, and we've had discussions about their fluctuating roster. You know, Gortat, um, it was reported he was unhappy with his role, and really their their front court players it was kind of like what were you getting from them right you we know you have wall and beal and porter jr this mock draft has the washington wizards selecting miles bridges who would be a fantastic four to go along with those other three guys i just talked if he's about. available it's a great pick yes and at 15 unbelievable value huge upside you know traditionally at this stage in the draft you're getting players that are traditionally flawed in an area and it's kind of getting into that boomer bust state. You know, of course, once you're into the 20th plus pick, 
after that, it, it really is you know hit or miss on what you can get with the player. If some of these big names, draft. if some of these big names do start to drop, you wonder if the Wolves look to find a way to move up a little bit. I exactly what I was thinking. You, you know, on some of these more loaded teams, you do wonder that. And I think the Clippers at thirteen could definitely be a place where you see a guy fall to, hmm. and you move on from the Wizards. I I think they keep this pick, especially if their players available. But on, sure. on the same end. Their roster's pretty solid. Although, again, they're kind of stuck in mediocrity, too. And yeah, but is a rookie going to help them? So that's what I'm saying. They could, If they find perceived value in trading and creating some flexibility or getting a, a veteran player in return or a mid-level type player in return with some additional assets, that could be a movable pick at 15. You know, one, one player that they've talked about, so the Washington Wizards, uh, for the longest time, I had them uh, leaked to uh, a big man, but um, you know they've since the big man. The value of the big man isn't really where they're picking. But if a Robert Williams was to drop a little bit, you know their big men are really aging. You know, talk about you know guys like Martian Gortat. If Robert Williams dropped to fifteen, I think they'd be very pleased. I don't think that's going to happen because I think if anything, he's going to move up further. But they would love it, I think, if a big man was to drop to them because then you're kind of fitting a best player available and a need, which would be really nice for the Wizards. Kevin, what do you got over there? Oh, Rob took the uh, took the player name right out of my mouth. Robert Williams for the Washington Wizards at 15. That could be a, that could be a viable option for them if available. That's such a great fit. I, I will say I kind of like when it works out where a team gets the guy that fits their roster really well. I just think it brings that competitive balance ahead. So it's kind of nice to see. So if, if he goes there, I, I'd be all for it. That's, Plus they're in the East, so I don't have to worry about him. That's the hippie in you. We'll take yeah, it. Just everybody okay gets along that. and it's all, all peace. And... All right, 16, Rob. What do we got here? 16, draft we have 6.0. the Suns, and their GM talked about how pick number one and pick number 16, if they keep them both, they are not going to go with the same positions. They are going to go the opposite direction. Since they took eight net number one, it makes a lot of sense to grab a guy that they really like and I've heard they are in love with Aaron Holiday, point guard out of UCLA. Obviously, uh, the, his brothers are Justin and Drew. And actually, it's been announced they're going to walk out when he gets introduced. They're going to walk out with him on draft night. So that's kind of a cool story there. But he makes a lot of sense. They love his ability to hit shots. 43% from three in college. Uh, just under six assists per game. 20.3 points per game. The guy does a little bit of everything. And I think he would fit really well next to the pieces they already have. I think that's a fantastic choice, truly. And, you know, I don't know if I've stated this enough, but anytime you have that family lineage of whether it's an uncle or your father Definitely. or brothers, cousins, whatever, you know there's an expectation. The bar's been set. 100%. I, You know, it's, it's just the same, you know, former Howell guest Gary Trent was yep. on the show. You know, his son, Gary Trent Jr., is going to be in this year's draft class. You know that pedigree is coming from a place that – it, it's reached that mountaintop, that yes. pinnacle, which is the NBA. Definitely. So a holiday there um, in Rob's mock 6.0, I think that makes a ton of sense. The Suns, however, in this ESPN perfect mock draft, is they end up choosing Zaire Smith. And it's an interesting choice for me. I don't know if I would have went that route if I was them. I don't know if he's the best fit for them. Truly. Um, I think in this scenario, they're probably – trying to maybe get best player available and that's debatable. So that's the choice. 16 Zaire Smith. Kevin, anything different over there? Nope. Same here. Uh, newly signed Puma basketball 
Zaire Smith. Interesting, right? I, I just don't I don't I mean he's one of the best defenders in the draft, super athletic. So just from a talent standpoint, I get it. And if you're just looking to add another piece, again, they're going away from the direction of Aiton and they are grabbing a guard. So I think he makes a lot of sense talent-wise. Now, the Wolves fan in me is kind of hoping Zaire Smith slips a little bit, maybe makes it to 20, but uh, I digress. Interesting stuff, though. The Suns, this is their second of three first-round draft picks. Yep. I, I really believe they try to move on one. I, I would it's expect tough to three, three rookies never works, yes. even if you're rebuilding. Yes. So that could be a movable pick, especially if player du jour is available for any team in the hunt for the trade up next, the bucks at 17. Rob, what do you got over there in that 6.0 mock? So the bucks originally, I did have Zaire Smith in a number of my mocks, but I've kind of noticed that uh, he's kind of not a great fit for what they're trying to build is my understanding based on what I've seen from fans and from people covering the team. I actually go with a player that I've really started to like, and he started to jump up draft boards, arguably one of the best point guards in this draft, and that's Elia Kobo. I have him going here at 17. Elia Kobo is kind of a polarizing name. Some people think he's going to slide to later in the first, maybe the second. Other people look at teams like the Suns, the Bucks, maybe even the Wizards. Uh, there's a lot of teams that he's been linked to, and I think he makes a lot of sense here for the Bucks, a team that have been trying to get that point guard of the future exactly. the guy to build their team along with Giannis and I think Ali could be that guy well the Bucks here in my mock draft Rob select Mitchell Robinson I think this is a solid choice for them at 17 uh, a good player and what you want to see from the Bucks is is they have to hit on this pick they're in a state where they need this to work out I mean I that could be said for every team but I think it's exponentially greater for the Bucks. They have a superstar in Giannis. Um, they've re-signed key players, and I, I just really feel like the Bucks have an opportunity to really hit a home run here, and you just hope they do because they have a chance to ch- take the East by storm. You know, the East is going to be in flux, you know, especially if LeBron is, is on the move because that leaves really, in my eyes, the Celtics and the 76ers, and the Bucks have – all the opportunity in the world to, you know, take a hold of that third spot in the East. Yeah, here on the uh, the ESPN draft special at 17, uh, Kevin Herter. Am I saying that right? Yep. I'm a big fan of Kevin Herter. He's really risen up draft boards. And actually, people are kind of surprised. He, along with Troy Brown was one other name, guys that did not get invites to the green room, which is really weird considering how much they've started to jump up boards. So it'll be interesting to see where he actually ends up going. Great shooter. A lot of people compare him a little bit to Clay Thompson. Yeah, I think he was a 41.7% shooter at Fantas- Maryland. And, but like high volume, too. Yes, five, five plus a game. So uh, 18 on the clock, San Antonio Spurs. Rob, what say you? 18 is a really tough pick for me. The Spurs have a lot of directions they could go. Initially, I did have Troy Brown here. At one point, I had Zan and Musa. And now, at this stage, I'm going with Zaire Smith. I think it's a nice best player available, but it also fits really well for a Spurs team that no longer would have Kawhi. I think he just kind of checks a lot of the boxes of a Popovich player. Great defender. Arguably the best rebounder in this draft, just given his size and how much he competes as far as box outs go. Again, if you have not watched his combine interview from ESPN, I suggest you watch it. He has a great talk 
about how important boxing out, rebounding, and I just think he's a special player. Good stuff, Rob. Well, let me tell you a special player that the Spurs will select, and this is a guy that I know Rob has liked. Really, I think all of us have liked, even tied possibly to the Wolves at some point, Zanin Musa, international player. Clearly the track record's been established in San Antonio for well, them. They love you know, the international Drafting players. international players, developing them, turning them into stars. Zanin Musa has all the ability to become one if drafted by the Spurs. And I would say that is a perfect organization for him if he does indeed go to the Spurs at 18. It's, it's kind of similar, though, a little bit to Michael Porter in that there are some concerns about his back. He's had some health concerns there. I saw one person mention that he might have like a hunch. I don't know. There's just oh, there's some weird things with him and his medicals. Uh, uh, you know, Howell guess from last week, Mark Wallen, is, is really – he's really red-flagged. Zanimusa. In fact, he has him in terms of a value in the 40s in the second round just because there's so many questions about his medicals. There's a lot of questions about his defense and just his ability size-wise. He's not a big guy. And so there's definitely some question marks there. I'm a big fan, though. I was on the Zanin Musa bandwagon months and months ago, and I really like what he brings to the table. And if anyone can get the most out of him, it's Greg Popovich. So here on the ESPN Draft Special, they have the Spurs... Uh, taking Troy Brown, my guy from Oregon. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski also uh, uh, makes a note here that he does not think the Kawhi Leonard situation will be resolved by draft night. I think that says a lot, to be honest with you. I mean, Woj, clearly insider of insiders. If he doesn't think it's going to be resolved, you got to go with that. Although speaking of insider of insiders, I'm very interested to see what happens at this draft time because Shams has just started to really dominate that news cycle. So I'm interested to see who wins draft night. I think that's going to be kind of a fun ah, secondary competition to watch for. The 1B story unfolds before your eyes here on Dash Radios. Nothing but net channel. We got the Rob Hess mock draft 6.0 in full effect. Atlanta Hawks are now on the board. 19th selection. Rob, take it away. I have them taking Kevin Herter. Uh, the shooting guard we, we just talked about. Well, one thing I like about Kevin Herter is that, uh, obviously, he's he's sitting there. He's young. He's only 19 years old. Just a fantastic shooter. I think maybe you wonder if this could be the guy they were hoping Tim Hardaway Jr. would have been when they had him originally. So a guy that can just shoot lights out. He's going to come in from day one, be able to compete, be able to play. Uh, he does have a little bit of room to grow on the defensive end, but I don't think that's a problem. In fact, so much so that if he slips to 20, and the Wolves took Kevin Herter. I'd be very pleased there because he fills the need. So Kevin Herter going 19 to the Hawks. And again, he makes a lot of sense. Some other names that we've kind of looked at for them, Zan and Musa, since they are a rebuilding team, that's another name that can make a lot of sense. What I like about Herter too, though, is in my mock, they took Trey Young. Now they've got Kevin Herter. Again, we talked about Dennis Schrader. You wonder what they do with him. The Hawks got a lot of options. I think it's going to be kind of fun. Plus, they have the 30 pick. So they're going to be one of those teams that are really going to have a lot to do on draft night. A lot to do indeed, Rob. Ellie Okobo is the selection in this perfect mock on ESPN's website. And this is in line with the premise of the Atlanta Hawks moving on from Dennis Schroeder and picking up a point guard. And if you recall... A little while ago, as we were going through this first half segment, um, the Atlanta Hawks had selected Jaron Jackson in this yep. mock draft scenario. So you're walking away with a fantastic 
uh, front court player, now a solid back court player, uh, Atlanta Hawks, I think can do do wonders for their franchise in this draft. And, you know, pairing of Jackson Collins and now Okobo, they're sort of your big three of the future. Uh, the vision is now set for the Atlanta Hawks. And I think that brings a lot of closure to the fan base, right? Because you can, those Agreed. are three guys you can buy into right now and say, hey, let's ride this, and then, and then you can build around and put the pieces together. Uh, so here, Woj says that he would not be shocked if the player that he chose was taken even closer to the lottery than at 19, and that name is Jerome Robinson. That's my boy. I have, I have fully jumped on the Jerome Robinson bandwagon. Good. I think he's a fantastic player. Another player, if you haven't watched him, I strongly suggest you do so. The guy can get to the basket at ease. Fantastic jump shooter. Pretty good court vision. The big knock on him would be his defense. I saw one person say that he is going to come into this draft as the worst defender in the whole draft. I strongly disagree with that. He does have work, however, on the defensive end. But as far as the Wolves are concerned, or a team like the Hawks, I think he makes a lot of sense because he can flat-out score. All right, you said the magic word, Rob. Drum roll for what is about to come up next. You got the 20th selection. The Minnesota Timberwolves are on the clock. This is the howl. Thank you for listening. Rob Hess, this is just a day away from the NBA draft. It is put-up-or-shut-up time, buddy. Crunch time. Who are the Wolves selecting? At this stage, I'm going to go Jerome Robinson, the guy we just talked about. A friend of the show, Doogie, has kind of talked him up a bit that we, we've we really looked in at Jerome Robinson. Another fun fact, he actually shares agents with Tom Thibodeau and Carl Towns. And you know how agents kind of try to push players or coaches in a certain direction. Plus, he fits a need. He's a good three-point shooter. He can slash, get to the hoop. A lot of things to like about Jerome Robinson. And he is going to be my pick here in this draft. The, the other name to watch for that is available would be a guy like Dante DiVincenzo, a player that the Wolves apparently really like. Uh, there's some other guys that have been mentioned by by other mockers, a guy like Jacob Evans. But for anyone that hasn't seen it yet, I strongly suggest you watch the video of him trying to shoot at the Lakers. It is one of the ugliest things I've ever seen, and it makes me sad. Yeah, so, we, don't, we don't want him on this. So that's why I go with a guy that I know can score. And, yes, I get there's questions about his defense, but Jerome Robinson's my guy at 20 right now. All right. There you have it. Rob has said it. Let's see if he's right. Hopefully you're at the, one of the draft parties having a good time watching the Wolves really take a, another step into a bright future. This mock draft scenario that I'm working with, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Kevin Herter from Maryland. The shooter, and we talked about it I'd very love that briefly, 41-plus percent on over five attempts per game. And guess who was throwing him the ball? Mellow Trimble. Our Iowa Wolves affiliate, point guard, Mello Trimble. So you never know what type of chemistry could happen in maybe a second unit if yep. Trimble gets the call-up. You know, Trimble was uh, a fantastic player all season for the, in the G League for the Iowa Wolves. Kevin Herter is this year's mock draft, perfect mock on ESPN's website. Kevin, do you have another player over there? Yeah, different player than both of you guys here. Uh, Rob actually did mention his name, though, and that's Dante DiVincenzo. Makes a lot of sense. He's probably a little more of a well-rounded player than Jerome Robinson. But if you wonder how good Jerome Robinson is, like you said, Kevin, Waj is talking about how he might be moving up towards the, the higher lottery. If that's the case, if he's there at 20, it makes a lot of sense to take him. I think all these players we've mentioned, Kevin Herter, Jerome Robinson, a lot, there's a lot of guys we have to choose from. And we all know what's going to happen on Thursday night. Tom Thibodeau is going to screw it up. Oh, my. <laughs> wow. 
Rob with all the confidence in the world. <laughs> okay, you're not getting an invite to the Christmas party. Okay, moving on, Rob. 21. We only have a handful more selections left. Let's kind of cut through these in a, at, a, at a bit of a clip, okay? 21. Troy Brown, shooting guard of Oregon. I spoke to Mark Wallen, who covers the Jazz, uh, was on our show last week, and he does think that if Troy Brown does slip to this spot, he does make a lot of sense. A few other names that have been mentioned linked to them. Kevin Herter's one name, Grayson Allen, Zan and Musa, actually. So Mark is a guy that is really down on Zan and Musa, but he's kind of started to come around a little bit, and he said the Jazz actually met with Zan and Musa and went out to dinner with him. So I think Zan and Musa is a dark horse player to watch at 21. But just given the value, I do have them taking Troy Brown because there's a good chance that he could be gone at this stage. If he's still there, value-wise, it's a good pick. Okay, a, a guy we've covered already in the mock draft scenarios, Utah Jazz at 21 selecting Aaron Holiday, the point guard from UCLA. That could be a solid pickup for them because we've already discussed a handful of reasons why Holiday is a, a very good player in a budding young player. Mark, as a guy that covers the Jazz and is a fan, read that, and he was like, yuck. He did not like the pick at all because, in his eyes, Aaron Holiday's ceiling is going to be a backup point guard. And he said, I don't want that. Not at this stage. There's hmm. other players that would be better picks. Well, I mean, Rubio did go down with the injury. It forced Donovan Mitchell to take over the workload. Is that the How kind good of... was he, though, by the way? Yeah, but— On is... a side note. Is that what you want him to be doing, or do you want him to be playing that off I mean, guard? I think we're I think we're all here. I think we're all higher on Aaron Holiday clearly than Mark is. Yep. But as someone that you know covers the Jazz very closely, he's not a big fan of that pick. So I guess time will tell. What do you think, Kevin? Uh, yeah, Aaron Holiday is the pick here on the ESPN draft special at twenty one. It's almost like both those mocks are done by ESPN. Crazy. Who would have thought? Right. Moving on to twenty two, we have the Bulls. Uh, there's been talk that they have promised to this player, and that's a Boise State small forward, Chandler Hutchison, six foot seven, 197, 22 years of age. I am a fan of his. Uh, another friend of the show, Doogie, has, has kind of talked up that he really likes Chandler Hutchinson. Solid player. I think he makes a lot of sense here at 22 uh, to a team that might have promised him. All right, here's a guy in the late teens, early 20s that has been moved around everybody's mock draft board. Troy Brown from Oregon going to the Bulls at 22. Again, the same same thesis still applies. If he's available at 22, great pick. You could do a lot worse. Troy Brown, 22. Kevin, your turn. Uh, Chandler Hutchison. Got to go with Rob on this one. There it is. Makes a lot of sense. Moving on to the Pacers at 23. I think it's going to be one of two players. Keita Bates-Diop. Or in this case, because he is surprisingly still available, Kyrie Thomas is the pick. The shooting guard out of Creighton. Now, that's the guy I really want for the Wolves, but it sounds like that's just not a match made in heaven. So he is still available here, and the Pacers take him at 23. Great 3 and D player. Okay, thanks for that, Rob. 23rd selection overall, Jacob Evans going to the Indiana Pacers. That is this mock draft's selection. Kevin? Any difference? The 23rd pick, Indiana selects Ely Akobo. If he's available, he makes a lot of sense for a team that could use a point card. Obviously, your future is built around Victor Oladipo and Sabonis, and if you could bring in a high-level point card, it makes a lot of sense. Moving on to pick 24, the Blazers go with Jacob Evans, a player I'm not super high on just because I do have some questions about that shot, but it's a good value pick here. He can defend one of the best defenders in this draft, if he can find his shot, uh, I think he could be a pretty solid player here at 24 for the Blazers, a team that's really in 
in cap hell, basically. And if you can get a player that's going to be able to contribute at 24, that would be big. <laughs> yes, Rob. Cap hell would be putting it kindly on right? um, what the Blazers are dealing with. In this mock scenario at the 24th selection, Josh Okogi is the pick for the Portland Trailblazers. Kevin, what do you have? Uh, here for the Trailblazers at 24, Kyrie Thomas. Good pick if he's there. That'd be huge. Yep. Yep. Very good value. Moving on to 25, similar to the Bulls, we have the Lakers who might have a promise here to Mitchell Robinson, the center, six foot eleven. In earlier mocks, I had him going as early as 15. He's definitely dropped a bit. Part of the problem with Mitchell Robinson is that he did not go to college. He was at that IMG Academy. Mm-hmm. But at pick 25 for a team like the Lakers, I think he makes a lot of sense because they have a lot of needs. And if they did promise him, then it makes even more sense here at 25 for the Lakers. Mitchell Robinson. That could be a fantastic pick for them, truly, because who is playing center for the Lakers? No, they got Zizic, yeah. but I mean, who knows if he's going to pan out. Exactly. Um, in this scenario, the Lakers select Dante DiVicenzo. Um, I think this would be a huge pick for them because obviously we just talked about him possibly going as high as 20, even late teens, maybe. You know, what do we know about him? Really fantastic, good player. fantastic uh, NCAA championship game. Really took over the, that entire game. Uh, good shooter. Athletically, he's gifted. Pretty good defender. Um, very, Lots to like. Yeah, so he can check a lot of boxes. And if you're at 25, that's what you're looking for. A guy that has some type of floor established but still is offering you that upside. 25th selection to the Lakers, Dante DiFacenzo. Uh Here, uh, yeah, Mitchell Robinson at 25 to the Lakers. Makes a lot of sense. Boomer bust right there. Right. Moving on to 26, we have the Philadelphia 76ers. I have them taking the man we just talked about, Dante DiVincenzo. I have seen their names leaked or brought together. I should say linked together. So I think he makes a lot of sense here. Very good value. He's a player that's definitely started to rise up boards. And I think if the Sixers take him at 26, he makes a lot of sense in terms of what they can kind of build. Don't worry, Rob. I think you can actually leak and link at the same time. So right? that's Works very, for me. very interesting com- combination. Okay, 76ers select Jerome Robinson in this ESPN Perfect Picks Every Team mock draft. Jerome Robinson would be a great addition to the 76ers. I actually think this could be a pick that could be moved on from because the Sixers already have another first-round draft pick. Are they really trying to take on two new rookies when they already have a lot of youth on the roster? If a guy has dropped, you know, whether it's a Kyrie Thomas is available, you know, who knows? Who's sliding down the board? I think the pick uh, the pick could get moved uh, at uh, twenty six overall. Here for the Sixers, Woj dropping a Woj bomb. Did he? Grayson Allen. Is it a Woj bomb, really? I know he worked out for them, so that was a name I actually considered here. Grayson Allen to the Sixers. Well, at they got the twenty six former Duke player JJ Redick. Hopefully returns, um, and then you, you know could have the young JJ Redick maybe in the making. I think that's a pretty solid locker room you have there too, and so I think a guy like Joel Embiid's not going to put up with any of that crap. So maybe it's a good it'd be a good locker room for him to go to as well. Moving on to twenty seven, the Celtics. I don't think you can look at the Celtics and say, man, they got a lot of needs. That's a talented team, got a lot of young players already. So I think they go with a guy that they can maybe possibly use as a future player and maybe use him as a draft and stash. And that's Zanin Musa, I think is great value here at pick 27 for the Celtics. 
Well, at 27 for the Celtics, DeAnthony Melton is this mock's perfect picks every team selection. And I don't know. It doesn't really move the the doesn't bobber the there for me. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's not doing a whole lot. I would say... Sure. <laughs> I don't have yeah. much analysis. I, you know, 27, I, I, I can see three guys right here that I would rather have the Celtics select. And I'll get into those as we go down those picks. Kevin, who do you have there at 27 for the Celtics? Uh, Josh Okogi. I like Good that. Player. I like that one. He's a lot of people really like what he brings to the table. Good shooter. So I, I think he could be a solid pick. Uh, moving on to pick number 28, you have the Warriors. Obviously a team that doesn't have a lot of needs, but a name I've seen linked to them would be Melvin Frazier, a player that I, I actually do really like. I think he kind of brings a lot to what the Warriors could use in terms of the future. This pick right here at 28 for the Warriors is, honestly, of all the guys available, I think it's a perfect fit for the player. And I think it fits exactly what the Warriors' you know, playing style is. And that's Gary Trent Jr. from Duke, a fantastic shooter. Um, he's a guy that we've, we've discussed a handful of times on the show. You know, if, if Gary Trent Jr. somehow doesn't get selected here at the end of the first round, if he's somehow available early second round for the Wolves, I think they got to do whatever they can to get that guy uh, playing at target center because, let's face it, comes from a great lineage of basketball players. I think he's got a great skill set, NBA-ready body, and I think he can really contribute – right away for any NBA team. Uh, the ESPN draft nights or uh, mock draft special has the Golden State Warriors taking uh, Keita Bates-Diop from the Ohio State University. He's a good pick. He's interesting. Uh, I know uh, some people that I follow pretty closely as far as draft knowledge are starting to kind of be down on him. But for a young or for an older, I guess you call him an older young player, an older prospect, uh, he's almost, you know he's over 22 years old. I think he can make a lot of sense here just because he has a lot of pieces uh, as far as depth, help out the bench, and he can contribute right away because he's a, a guy that's more of a veteran. And that's actually who I have going at 29 to the Nets is Kata bates Diop. It's actually the same thing that I have over here. Rob, interesting thing. When I watch him play, you know whose game he reminds me of? Luke Richard Mabute. Yeah, I can see that a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. the he's like the like Swiss Army knife. A bit, you know, he, he can finish in transition. He can guard the perimeter, gets rebound steals, really kind of, you know, he's going to, I could see him having a career where he's averages eight points per game, six rebounds, a couple of, you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be that kind of blended box score, really feeling in, in the intangible area. But 29th overall in my mock draft scenario, Kevin, is Keita Bates-Diop. Uh, so here they have Hamadou Diallo going with this pick to the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Good shooting guard. He gets pretty good in 2K, by the way. I've drafted him in a few of my teams. Okay. So I think he's a solid pick here. Good value, too. If you're the Nets, you can't. there's a lot of needs. Yeah. They're, they're not a good team. Let's just say that. Moving on to the last pick of the first round, we have the Atlanta Hawks. Who knows if they keep all these picks, but I think for value, great pick here would be Grayson Allen going to the Hawks. Yes, it, exactly what Rob said. Hawks, three first-round picks whether or not they keep him. Let's talk about a player that at the end of the draft is very likely to still be there and that can offer some value to a team out there looking to fill this type of void. Kyrie Thomas is the selection at 30. He's still available. The other mocks, he's gone earlier, but he's going to be in that 
20 to 30 range, right? I think we can all agree on that. Um, Kevin, let's wrap it up here. Who do you have over there at 30? A, uh, a, a good player uh, from the University of Michigan, I believe. Yes. Moritz Wagner. I do like him. I just like saying the word Wagner. <laughs> good player. It'll be interesting. That's actually who I had them taking uh, in some of my earlier mocks. Wow. So we'll see. So there you have it, right? I mean, this is a culmination of weeks and weeks and weeks, months of draft analysis, video work, reading, reading, watching, watching. And Rob has put in a tremendous effort. So anybody that's listening right now on Dash Radio's Nothing But Channel, thank you for joining us on The Howl this week. And follow Rob Hess on Twitter, at The Sportsman. If you want thorough draft analysis, every year Rob puts in a tremendous amount of effort. you got to check this out. Um, if you want some uh, less in-depth draft analysis, follow me, Aaron Groshan, on Twitter. I'll give you at least two or three mock drafts in a year. Rob will give you six or seven. So there you go. Um, at him on Twitter. Kevin Draves. If, hey, you want, if you want drunk draft night tweets about how horrible... <laughs> <laughs> this draft is going to be for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Coming at, to you live at, from a booth at Godfather's Pizza. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, actually, it's going to be a local Buffalo Wild Wings location. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but you can follow me at KDraves42. Uh, just look for the Boban Marjanovic Twitter, uh, burner Twitter account, and that's me. That does it for the first half show. Stay tuned for the second half coming later this week on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere great podcasts are found. You can listen to us on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel on Wednesdays from 2 to 5 p.m. and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central.